0: More, more trades. We knew this was coming. We talked about it. I talked about it over and over for over a week now. Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. It was the perfect fit. It mirrors in a poor man's version what the Rams did, bringing over Stafford. And the Colts can win now. No one's expecting the Colts to win the Super Bowl. But this could be a multiple... A multiple round playoff winning team with Matt Ryan now added to the roster which is honestly from a fantasy football perspective the easiest thing to do to protect Jonathan Taylor's value is is make this move. Jonathan Taylor now has a secure passing attack. It's not the best passing attack in the world but it is a very secure passing attack. And that's going to keep defenses honest. This is the best thing that could have happened to Jonathan Taylor. This news is all about Jonathan Taylor. It's not about Matt Ryan. And what do we say? This one was uh, easy to see coming. Your boy Smitty was on top of this about a week ago. And uh, now we have it coming to fruition. So love to hear what you guys think about this move. I absolutely love it. It's all about Jonathan Taylor. No one's really all that concerned or thinking Matt Ryan's going to blow up and have a huge, big season. Uh, This move is all about Jonathan Taylor for me, and uh, it's fantastic from a dynasty perspective, from a redraft perspective, from every perspective because, you know, Matt Ryan will be there for a couple years, and that's great for Jonathan Taylor because he needs some security uh, from that quarterback spot. So, Real excited about this one for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, it looks like it's a third rounder, which is crazy. Like when you think about it, that's a very, very, very uh, a decent uh, uh, asking price, right? A Third rounder. The the reason being is the contract is is monstrous, and they kicked the can down the road um, after the the potential Watson trade fell through, and so they pay Matt Ryan um, part of the uh, part of the uh, money already. But like this, this is crazy because now it's like, where's Baker go? Would Baker go to Atlanta? Probably not. I think they're in rebuild mode, full rebuild mode. Um, we got it. We got the volume just cranked up here, don't we? I'm sorry about that, guys. Um, and we've got, uh, man, this is crazy. This is absolutely nuts. But this one was easy, to, easy to see coming. We knew this one was coming. We talked about it for over a week now. Um, Braden, I think you're I think he's joking because we've talked about it so much on the show here. What's up, Vamp? Uh Braden's first in the building, by the way. Mealy and uh Chris uh Kristen, what's up? Falcons are dead, Smitty. Yeah, Falcons definitely um went in the wrong direction. Had they pulled in Watson, this could have been a completely different team for the future. Um, I really believe the Falcons would have looked really solid walking into the future with Watson, with Kyle Pitts. They were bringing Fournette and Landry. Fournette and Landry were pretty much on the way. And then when the Watson deal fell through, um, they just said, now it's time to blow it up. Now it's time to blow it up. I don't know what this means for Kyle Pitts in 2022. Um, We don't know who's throwing him the football. Will it be a rookie? Will it be someone like Baker? Will it be Jimmy G? I doubt it. Um, if Matt Ryan only costs a third rounder, Jimmy G, you'd have to get rid of, you'd have to give someone multiple third rounders to get them to take Jimmy G, is what I take from this. Matt Ryan, a third rounder, again, a lot of it has to do with money, but so does Jimmy G's contract, that's $27 million. Matt Ryan's contract is monstrous. So it's like, hey, please take Matt Ryan, we'll take a third rounder. Heck, we might give you a third rounder. That's how this deal probably went down. But the Jimmy G deal is very similar. 27 million injured, shoulder surgery. Hey, please take Jimmy G off our hands is what the Niners are saying. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. These these little rumors out there that he might be had for like a uh, couple second rounders. Not gonna happen in my opinion. Uh, Maybe a third rounder, fourth rounder. This deal pretty much tells you that there's no way that a team's given up multiple second rounders for Jimmy G. That report has to be bogus. There's no, there can't be any way that that's true. Uh, if it is, I'm going to be completely shocked if a team stupidly gives up not just one second rounder for Jimmy G and his monster contract and his injured shoulder and his potentially injured thumb. If a team gives up even one second rounder for Jimmy G, I'm going to scratch my head. I'm going to call that franchise out. And I'm going to say it's one of the dumbest trades that anybody's made this entire offseason. If someone gives two second rounders, I'll be shocked. These rumors about Jimmy G going for two second rounders is bogus, in my opinion. So Matt Ryan to the Colts helps helps out Taylor a ton. I'm really excited about this for Jonathan Taylor. He had, look, this, he went from... Potentially seeing stacked boxes on the regular to now having a really, really, really nice flowing passing attack and in, in total offense that gives this man room to run and wiggle. So I'm excited. Jonathan Taylor maybe just went from being in the red zone in goal line situations on on a on a much lower scale to now living In the red zone. Being the focal point. Ripping off. About 15 touchdowns minimum in 2022. This is huge. People don't. I don't think. Understand how important it was. For the Colts to make this exact deal. Because if the Colts didn't make. This exact deal. There was nowhere else to go. It was literally Jonathan Taylor. Getting stacked up against. Every single time he he went onto the field. Eight man fronts. After eight-man fronts, this was not going to be the most ideal situation. Now, he's JT. We would have taken him 1.1. But there was some strong consideration on my part to to talk about how this guy might share the 1.1 in hindsight if he didn't get a quarterback. He might, in hindsight, not be the locked-in 1.1 that we all thought if he didn't have this quarterback uh, situation improved. Now, he does This is monstrous for Jonathan Taylor. Today's news is about JT, not about Matt Ryan. It also helps Pittman out a little bit, obviously, but this is all about JT, and now this man goes from probably 11, 12 touchdowns, maybe 13, to 15, 16, 17. Sky's the limit. I mean, really, he could have... Way more than 15 touchdowns. He, he can have that in this offense led by Matt Ryan. This is a very Matthew Stafford move. Maybe it's a poor man's version of a Matthew Stafford coming over to the Rams. But it's very similar in that the team's kind of ready. The team has all the weapons that it needs to advance through the playoffs for multiple rounds. I'm not saying they will win the Super Bowl. I'm not calling them the next Rams. I don't think they have what it takes to win the Super Bowl. This is a very, very tough uh both is tougher than it, than it was once Brady and Rodgers came back um the AFC's ultra tough this entire both conferences are just lit to win a Super Bowl it's going to be it's going to be one of the the four or maybe five AFC, AFC teams it's going to maybe be the Niners I don't think the Packers can can win a Super Bowl anymore without Devontae Adams It's the Rams and the Niners, in my opinion, in the NFC. And and it's those two until further notice. And people might laugh at that and say, wait, Trey Lance going to the Super Bowl? Trey Lance winning the NFC West? Trey Lance winning the NFC Championship game? Yeah, you heard me right. If Trey Lance is in there, problem is we don't for sure know if he will be in there. We don't know if Jimmy G is staying on the roster in 2022 as of right now especially after this move being the Colts were one of the best options for Jimmy G to land now we're looking at potentially Jimmy G staying in San Francisco almost uh, locked and loaded like the Car- the Carolina Panthers are maybe the only shot we have now of seeing Jimmy G raptured from this Niners offense and put into another offense because in my opinion Shanahan and John Lynch don't have the balls to cut him And so, he's on the roster now. I was told by everybody, and and my boy Raj and C-Mac and Vlad on our Quapbox show, we get ripped apart for saying that Jimmy G's likely to stay on the roster. And and people say, there's no way, there's no way. What do you mean there's no way? What do you mean there's no way? We're watching it unfold, literally move after move, more likely that Jimmy G stays on the roster every time something like this happens and a spot gets taken away. And so it, it's a problem. Do I think that it's a problem to the point where I'm going to avoid Trey or downgrade Trey? No, I think Trey is going to start. I think Trey's talent will win out. I think once this 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 fan base and the coaching staff watches him deliver on the field, you can't you can't hold him off. You can't take him off the field. But. I guess what I worry about most is that there's an injury to Trey during the preseason, and Jimmy gets a lot of run with the ones, and then when, when week one comes around, and they're both ready to go, and Trey's back, it's like, what does Shanahan do? That part worries me. That's where the risk probably lies, if if, if you ask me, but I, I certainly think that Trey Lance isn't going to get downgraded in my mind because... I'm banking on the talent winning out. But there, there's more risk with Jimmy on the roster. Uh, the Niners will be dropping the ball and botching the situation if they don't trade away. Jimmy G or cut him. One of the two. Trading away looks like a long shot. So it's hilarious that people think that that we are so wrong on the quad box when we talk about Jimmy G staying. We literally have gotten pushback after pushback. People telling us we're crazy. People telling us it won't happen jimmy g every minute that these things unravel this way every move that's made it proves that jimmy g is this much closer to staying on the roster which is a botched uh attempt to trade him it's a move that's awful for the organization and for trey lance's development and honestly heads should roll like so lynch something's something's wrong with lynch in terms of the situation. He he doesn't see he doesn't see straight. He isn't stepping up and doing what needs to be done. And honestly, I feel like Lynch is the problem. You know, Shanahan's part of the problem too. Um, we know that Shanahan's not going to get fired though, but Lynch needs to do something or he needs to step aside and a GM needs to walk in there into that spot that knows how to make decisions and knows how to force things through when maybe Shanahan's, Stutter stepping and dragging his feet. Look, Shanahan's to blame. I, I get that. Shanahan also is to blame for losing that Super Bowl because he gave Debo the football one time in the second half. Okay, so so Shanahan's got his own part of the blame. I get that. But when you're a GM, you need to really take control of everything that's below you. And if, if, if Lynch doesn't have the power to do it or the will to make, make this Trey lance elevation and Jimmy G departure happen, somebody else needs to come in and step up. Back to the Matt Ryan to the Colt situation. Again, this is a celebration of Jonathan Taylor's uh, touchdown and and uh, and fantasy value. his touchdown potential back on the map of the 15 to 20 range versus maybe getting dumbed down to about 10 11 12 because if the colts didn't have matt ryan which was the only play jonathan taylor would not live in the red zone or live near the goal line now he is this is fantastic move this locks into uh locks jt into the 1.1 even more than before I'll be honest, he was wavering a little bit for me at that 1.1 only because he didn't have a quarterback, but we knew this was going to happen. Your boy Smitty has been telling you this move is going to happen eventually. Matt Ryan, despite the Watson deal falling through, one of the first things I said was that, that don't be surprised if the Colts are still fast after trying to get Matt Ryan because this is the only move Left. It is the closest thing, it's a poor man's version of it, but the closest thing to the Rams pulling in Matt Stafford to finally complete the offense and take that big step forward. So this is exactly what needed to happen. This is exactly what I said would happen. And Matt Ryan is going to take this team into the playoffs. Matt Ryan could, t- could lead this team into a multiple wins inside the playoffs. They're not a Super Bowl winning team. I will say that, but this is a very good team now. This is a very good team that defenses are going to be uh, a hard. It's going to be hard for defenses to contain JT because now you have more to worry about. Michael Pittman, value goes up significantly. This is a, This is a good team. This is a really good team. They're not an amazing elite team. They are a very good team. So, Matt Ryan. Yep comments here from ski dang dude Matt Ryan going into a way better situation absolutely we're going to see how much how good Matt Ryan really is because same thing with Stafford like people have foggy memories Stafford was not thought to be what he's thought to be right now people thought maybe you know sim- similar to Matt Ryan maybe he'll be even better than we really think because the situation kind of blew but now now Matt Ryan goes into a really good situation but he's going to be more effective than he is like blowing up fantasy wise. He's going to be a, a great field general and efficient in moving the football down the field. He could score a lot higher from a fantasy perspective than even I'm imagining. Like that could, it could happen, but I'm still not ranking him like ultra high. Like he's, he's borderline top 10. He's not breaching the top 10, but he could be a guy that could easily finish in the top 10. And in hindsight, you're like, wow, that was a great year for Matt Ryan, but I'm still not going to draft him in the top 10 the next year. Like, that's the kind of season he could have. In the top 10, like, let's say he finishes 8 or 9, and you're shocked about it, but you're still not going to draft him there the next year because you're like, okay, it was one season, plus he's getting older. But the bottom line is, what I'm trying to say is, Matt Stafford had a very similar feel. No one was drafting Matt Stafford in the in the 6-7 to seven range in fantasy football because he moved over to the Rams. People were excited about him. It was a great move for the team, and they and he played absolutely phenomenal. He won a Super Bowl, so Matt Ryan, I think, is very very similar in in that he's got this talent that hasn't really shined through. He's going into a much better situation than than he was in, and and he's going to help this team out so much, and, and Jonathan Taylor so much. Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta's in some trouble. Like, losing Watson was was a huge blow to Atlanta. They had a real shot to turning the franchise around, and it literally went in the other direction. No, Smitty Stafford was always a stud. Going to the Rams was a blessing in disguise. Lions franchise is complete garbage. That's exactly what I'm saying, Jorge. I'm saying that that people have foggy memories, and they literally were like, I don't know what this is gonna do. Stafford could be, could be really good, or he might not be. We're we're not sure. That's my whole point, Jorge, is when he goes over, you understand what what he really can bring to the table. Matt Ryan is in the same boat. the 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 way people felt about Stafford, like this could work, I think, is the way people are gonna view Matt Ryan. We think he's gonna be good. Then when he goes over, it's like, it's like boom you know this guy's a lot better than anybody thought um so that's what's going to it's going to happen in my view do you think Matt Ryan the my, Matt Ryan trade i'm sorry do you like the Matt Ryan trade or wish they would have went for a long-term QB in the draft um i know it's good for JT this year no yeah no i don't i don't i want JT to have a quarterback like Matt Ryan right now i don't want a rookie in there i want Matt Ryan in there because I'm not I'm not a Colts fan I, I don't want I don't I don't I don't need him to win a Super Bowl I need JT to be effective for two or three more years because JT's probably got two or three more years he may not have f- four or five years he has two or three years get Matt Ryan in there I could care less about the Colts winning a Super Bowl I want Matt Ryan efficient and dominating and this gets him in the in the end zone and the red zone and the goal line situations like Really, no other situation. It's good. It's effective. It moves the football. He doesn't do enough damage in the air that he's taken away from JT. He's getting JT in good field position. That's what this is all about. And and this is why it's such an amazing move. And it's why I said it needed to happen when the Watson deal didn't happen. It still needed to happen, is what I pounded on the table and said, Get it done! Get it done. They did. And now, look, this is all about JT. It's all about JT. Niners need to focus on Trey Lance. We'll tell that to Shanahan. Well, it drops Patterson's value now. Absolutely, absolutely, good point. And uh, it's unfortunate for the Falcons. Literally, and and, and everyone's going to say the Falcons wouldn't have been a good spot for Watson. And I I don't care what people say. Um, when it when it comes down to it, like if 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 people are going to rip on that take, it it was it was like night and day. The direction the Falcons could have went. Fournette, Landry were on the way. Watson and Pitts for a decade. Like this could have turned around and it blew up. And now and now it's going the complete other direction. Poor poor Atlanta. They literally were on the teeter tottering on maybe going toward an amazing direction. And then they lost out on the deal. I don't know if they offered less guarantee money or what was the reasoning because the Falcons were the front runner so much so that that fournette and Landry were literally on they were pretty much on the way like it was that that well known that the Falcons were gonna win this this trade race and then and then boom money talked and, and this team came in and said <laughs> and said we'll give you 230 million dollars guaranteed the Browns just said well, I don't I, like what a what a move what a move literally didn't even have to probably show up to any of the negotiations all they had to do is wait until the last minute and go 230 guaranteed no one else did it no one else did it it was the only move to make it was like they were playing more than 3d chess they were playing meta metaverse chess versus checkers based on that one angle like it's crazy the browns just played it so well falcons looking at mariota that would be a decent move i think i don't know yeah, I, I mean that'd be good. That wouldn't be. That would help. That would help out a lot. But who knows how he would connect with Kyle Pitts? So, who knows? Great news for Atlanta. You can have Matt Ryan. Good luck with that. Says Sharp. Yeah, I mean he's. He, you're gonna say that. You're gonna say that, and I and I understand why. But really, the situation was gonna limit him until they built around him. Like, look at what if Watson were to come, you had Fournette and Landry. Literally ready to sign. With Ryan there, that's not happening. You're not bringing in talent. And so, a part of it's not his fault. I guarantee you, um, Sharp, with this comment, I understand where you're coming from. But I guarantee you, Matt Ryan's going to fit in. I don't guarantee. I almost guarantee. Because you can't guarantee anything. You could get hurt or something could happen. But... But Matt Ryan will fit very well in this situation. And it's going to be painful to watch him be effective. Because, again, it's just like the Stafford situation. Like, a lot of people didn't really feel Stafford was going to be as good as he is in a Rams uniform. Because they watched him struggle in Detroit. And like I said, people have foggy memories. Foggy memories. Oh, Stafford. You know, we knew Stafford was great. Like, Everyone thought he could be great. No one knew he was gonna be great. No one knew he's gonna do what he did in a Rams uniform coming out of Detroit. It was there was hope. There was the thought that it could happen. So, I mean, Malik to Atlanta at the eight pick definitely could happen. I mean, look, Malik Malik's a good quarterback. the The, the Falcons could still turn things around. It's just gonna take a little bit longer now because they have to go the route of a rookie. So, yes, if you look at the NFL draft order right here, you've got Detroit at number two. Um, do they stay with Goff? Do they actually go after a quarterback? Malik Willis could get drafted number two. It's possible. It's the first landing spot where you're like, okay, it could happen. May not, but it could. Houston, they're gonna they're gonna roll with Mills, and they're not ready to draft their quarterback yet. I don't think I think they want to lose for another year and and build in 2023. Jets aren't going after a quarterback. Giants, I suppose, could. Dable might want his passer and not Danny Dimes. So don't be surprised if the Giants throw you for a loop or trade down or, or something. Carolina, they're the first team on this list that, that, that has a shot at Malik Willis. I think they take it. I think if anybody wants Malik Willis, they got to trade up. So Carolina is the, the first real player for uh, Malik Willis drafting Um, I think they're the biggest biggest potential landing spot for Malik Willis as it stands in the current draft order right now. Giants hold the 7 pick, um, as I mentioned. So, Dable could definitely, um, I think, potentially look to draft a quarterback uh, there, too. So, God, the Giants have the 5 and the 7. It's crazy. Like, they could make some moves if they wanted to. Carolina... Okay, so New York Giants. Um, Atlanta's at eight. I don't know. I think they get a quarterback, but will they get the right quarterback? Will they get Willis? I don't know. Willis is the only quarterback, in my opinion, in this draft class that has the upside to be a really good top ten quarterback. Um, he does. He's raw, so he's not a lock by any means. So understand when I say he has the potential the potential if he's crafted right if he's utilized right if he's brought along correctly if he's coached properly like he literally could be he could fall apart you know he's raw he's really raw so it's going to take the right kind of coaching like Dable Dable would would probably turn him into a really good quarterback that's why I think the Giants at five are not out of the question for Malik Willis but but I think Atlanta is going to be hard pressed to get Willis at eight I, I truly believe that and they'll probably take the wrong quarterback just the way Atlanta is going right now, um, so that that'll be interesting. The draft is going to be absolutely phenomenal to watch. I'm I'm so excited for the NFL draft that's that's approaching next. But JT, stock up, people. JT, stock up. Uh, subscribe if you're new. Hit the thumbs up button if you haven't already. Uh, file in here. Let's talk about this Matt Ryan stuff. Let's talk about. Um, let's talk about you know what it does for. For Kyle Pitts, I mean, if he has a rookie quarterback thrown on the football, in a best case scenario, I don't think they go after Baker. It's entirely possible, but I think that this move proves they want to rebuild. Bringing Baker in doesn't doesn't support that idea. So Baker's probably not going to Atlanta. Anything's possible, but he's probably not going to Atlanta. Baker may end up in Seattle if I had to to pick a landing spot. I I don't know. Carolina's a possibility. Carolina's got McCaffrey, DJ Moore. They feel like they probably believe they're in win now mode, even though we know that the Carolina Panthers with Baker or even, even with Matt Ryan probably aren't winning or getting even close to a, a Super Bowl. Like they're so far from it. Even even if you added in a Matt Ryan, but every team thinks they have a better shot than they really do. Uh, Evans got a good point here, guys. Probably the best point made yet. He said 170 people in here, 176 now, Evan, and only 50 thumbs up. Smash the like button, pulverize it. Jonathan Taylor, that like button right now. If your boy Smitty has helped you out at all, if you've been entertained at all during this episode, or even if you haven't smash and pulverize that thumbs up button, let's get it 170 to match the 170. Will we? Can we? Shall we? Thank you. Appreciate you. You guys rock. Wipe your feet. Matt Ryan will finally win his Super Bowl. I don't know about that, Rafael. I mean, it's possible. Like, we can't discredit the Colts and say they don't have a very talented roster right now. You get into the playoffs, all you got to do is win one game at a time. And the Rams proved that because the Rams entering entering the playoffs in 2021 they, they didn't feel like they had the makings of of winning at all right when they entered. The momentum started to build, right? But they definitely didn't feel like they were the Super Bowl contending uh, team that we'd be talking about them as the champions. They just didn't. Like, you can say that you thought that, but you're either a Rams fan and you believe that no matter what, whether it's true or not, and you just ended up being right. Or you're being objective and you're saying, okay, yeah, I didn't think the Rams would win at all. Um so like the Colts could make the playoffs and then it's one game at a time. So possible, Rafael. I'm not going to send you on a lap for that comment, but do I think they're going to get past all of these good teams that feel more stacked than ever? It feels like almost like the NBA where there's super teams being built right now. The AFC has like four super four or five super teams. The NFC has about two or three potential super teams, and yeah, the the Niners and the Rams are the two potential super teams. The Green Bay Packers were partial super team until Devontae Adams departed. Now the the Green Bay Packers, they can't possibly win a Super Bowl unless they make a really big trade, you know, or they bring in like a, uh, uh, a Traylon Burks, the number one rookie wide receiver in my opinion, they bring in a Traylon Burks and then he has a... A Justin Jefferson or 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 Jamar Chase type rookie year, which you could say is impossible. I get that would be your natural reaction to that statement, but think about who's throwing him the football. Think about what Aaron Rodgers did for Adams. Like, if anybody thinks that Devonte Adams was going to turn into the the player he is today, who he is, compartmentalized. This kid is the number one wide receiver talent potentially in the nfl even when he leaves he has that skill set he won't produce that in a raiders uniform i don't think anything's possible but i think he does drop out of the top five like he's around five six seven in 2022 but that that could be that could be wrong he could be top four or three or two it could happen but adam skill wise is a top one to three wide receiver in the nfl in terms of talent and he leaves green bay that way he, he doesn't lose that skill or talent. He's just going to a lesser volume-based situation, right? But Aaron Rodgers helped make that. If Aaron Rodgers was not in his life, Devontae Adams would not be a top-five wide receiver talent, skill-wise. He would never have developed. He would have developed, but he never would have developed into the Devontae Adams that we see today. Aaron Rodgers has an effect on making wide receivers and turning them into stud players, he just has done it time and time and time again. So if a guy like Traylon Burks landed in Green Bay, who knows what he would turn that kid into right away. He really could force feed him. He really could turn him into an elite player um, right away. So so like there's an opportunity for Aaron Rodgers, a track, so to speak, for him to get the Green Bay Packers into a better position than... We're thinking right now, but as it stands right now, the Packers don't have the same team. And, and if they couldn't win last year with Devonte Adams, what makes anyone think they can win this year with a lesser wide receiver to force feed? So I don't, I don't think the Packers are going to be a super team at all this year. It's the the Rams and the Niners in the NFC and the AFC. You have the Chiefs, you have the Chargers, you have the Bengals, um, you have. I, mean, I, I think the Chargers are gonna potentially win the Super Bowl I really do I think the Chargers could potentially win the Super Bowl I think I think uh Justin Herbert will win the MVP if I had to guess I I think this AFC is just so stacked I mean and, and the Broncos are now in the mix if anybody thinks the Broncos can't win the Super Bowl if anybody thinks the Broncos can't win the AFC championship they're out of their minds they can will they Tough to say. But can they win the Super Bowl and and of course AFC Championship? Absolutely. I mean, Javante Williams could arguably be the number one running back in fantasy football 2022. I, I mean we rank him below JT. Most people think I'm crazy for having him number two. They, they think he's like five, six, seven, eight overall, and everyone's so worried about Melvin Gordon, and everybody's playing this like real you know, safe game. Like I'm not going to touch Javante anywhere near Smitty. I'm just going to wait until it's obvious when I can't get him any longer. And then I'll believe in Javante. Whereas right now you could draft them at five or six and get the number two overall player, but I'm going to wait until it's obvious. So everybody else is on board at the same time. That's how I, I feel people are approaching this because of Melvin Gordon. I get Melvin gordon vultured, guys. But he's a year older. He's an injury-prone player. And the Broncos had nothing to play for last year. So they held back running Javante on the field constantly, which was a smart move. A move that, yes, it it makes me cringe to say it from a fantasy perspective. But I would have done the same thing. I would not have run Javante into the ground for a nothing year. For a year that that meant nothing. So Javante Williams... To the moon, no matter what. Melvin Gordon's not going to rain on his parade, uh, and and honestly, if they kept Melvin Gordon, who's a year older, very injury prone, in in it could be a blessing in disguise. Because what if uh, what if the wrong running back that's very talented falls to a pick where the Broncos lose Melvin and they draft a, another rookie late that falls that shouldn't fall like that's a fresher, younger uh, type of player. So. I I don't I'm not worried about Melvin Gordon. I, I'd rather just take advantage of of the people sleeping at the wheel willingly right now, willingly sleeping at the wheel because they're worried about Melvin Gordon. When Melvin Gordon's officially out of the picture or injured, then watch everybody say, "Oh my God, Javante's the number two overall player." It's going to happen. Okay, I'm telling you now, it's going to happen. So you can either be ahead of the curve, you can either be. On top of this thing, from a best ball perspective, right now, drafting Javante as late as you can over and over and over in best ball drafts, or you could wait until he climbs to number two and then draft him at number two like everybody else. And and had Matt Ryan not got traded to the Indianapolis Colts, you would have had Javante Williams having cups of coffee with the 1.1 on the regular, maybe not getting a full half a share of the 1.1 ADP but I guarantee you that if Matt Ryan did not land in, in Indy, you would eventually start seeing Javante grab little pieces of that 1.1 ADP. Again, he wouldn't consume an entire half of it. J- uh, JT would have still held a big share, a lion's share of the 1.1. But mark my words, this kid Javante is going to be so highly sought after once... Th- people realize he's getting i don't know why they don't now but getting all the work that that it's gonna he's gonna climb he's gonna climb quick and he would have climbed to to part partially into that 1.1 but now he's the 1.2 in my mind pretty clear as day jt getting ryan's fantastic news for jt jt's gonna have 15 16 17 18 19 touchdowns who knows how many touchdowns this guy is the limit he literally could have 20 touchdowns he could this move secures his 15 to 20 touchdown potential. That range has now moved into the 15 to 20 total touchdown range, whereas it was below 15, between 10 and 15, without a quarterback because he wouldn't have been as efficient. He wouldn't have been in field position to score 20 touchdowns. He would have had to do it all on his own. His touchdowns would have had to been 20 and 15 and 30-yard breakoff runs because this man would have never sniffed the goal line had he not had Matt Ryan on roster this is a fantastic move for JT probably the biggest benefactor um in the la- in the last couple of trades is this man right here Jonathan Taylor Broncos have done three running back offense before says t- yeah but th- bro they have literally the second best running back in the NFL they haven't had a running back this talented in a very long time you could say if ever, but let's let him prove that before we start saying he's better than Terrell Davis and things like that. But I'm just saying, there's they may very well have the most talented running back they've ever had on the roster, and they, may, they might very well have the number one running back in the entire National Football League on the roster. I know Jonathan Taylor holds that title right now, and deservedly so, but let's talk about a guy in Javante... Who could pull in 80 to 90 receptions in 2022? What do you have? 70 last year? What did Javante have? Let me pull up Javante's uh game log here. I believe he had like before I before I spout it out and am wrong, let me pull up his game log and screenshot this bad boy. Forty three. He could have he could have seventy or uh seventy five receptions as a as a sophomore. He was on pace for 70, is what I meant to so say. He was here. We go per start. If this guy would have started, it would have been 70 or 80 receptions. His pace, but here, here's here's a stat from as a rookie in half time in a halftime role. Javante Williams, 900 yards rushing, 4.4 a pop, four TDs, 43 receptions as a rookie, barely being used, three TDs, number one in the NFL in broken tackles. This man's gonna pull in 70. 80 receptions potentially in 2022. He really could. He could pull in 70 to 80 receptions as a as a sophomore. And and I know some people say that that Russell Wilson doesn't throw as much to his. How do you know? He's never had a running back like this. It's gonna be absolutely insane. Uh JT Najee Javante are Lions top three. I think that's gonna be the consensus. Most people are gonna have that. Some people might have Henry instead of Najee. Some people are dropping Najee to four or five overall which I can understand. I worry about that quarterback situation much like I just did before this trade when I when I talked about JT needing Matt Ryan, needing this deal. I've been waiting for this deal to happen for, for well over a week. I've been talking about this deal for well over a week. Now it finally came to fruition. Now we got to worry, will Najee Harris get a, a quarterback that he needs? Will Najee Harris end up getting Jimmy G, which would be awful, and honestly, I'd probably move Najee down to three or four overall um for running backs if if Jimmy G was the starter. Jimmy G's garbage. And that would be awful for the offense. Smitty, Jameis Winston resigns with the Saints. Another spot gone. Um, yeah, let me pull that up. I'm sorry I've been talking here. I did see something come through here. <clears throat> so Jameis Winston. That is official. It was being whispered about minutes ago. Now we know it is completely uh a done deal. And and this is another thing that your boy Smitty said would happen. Okay, the moment the Watson deal fell through for the Saints, I, I, I this is what I said would happen. This guy this guy, Jameis Winston, who's rehabbing from an ACL tear, would not want to do anything different than focus on his ACL. Not he doesn't want to learn a new offense. He doesn't want to learn a new offense and try and recover you want simplicity when a guy tears an acl and is going through that big of a recovery the last thing they want is to be changing systems and worrying about two different stressors okay he just wants to focus on his recovery. And the Saints, look, don't, don't have, they don't have a lot of options. And it's kind of insulting in a way to be like, we'll sign you if we don't get our number one choice, Jameis. But Jameis doesn't care because he's still in a mode where he's trying to prove everybody wrong anyway. He's used to it. It doesn't offend him. It, he's more concerned about, put me in an, envi- an environment where I know the playbook, I know the system, and let me just focus on one thing, my recovery. Then when I get my recovery on point, I can walk right into a system I already know. It's going to be easier. It's cleaner. And so this was an obvious thing that w- that we've been saying is going to happen, and it did. So now you have one more spot gone. So you have literally the Falcons. You have the Seahawks. What other teams need a quarterback? What am I, mi- what am I forgetting here? Let me pull up uh, the standings and just glance because uh, off the top of my head. It's Seahawks. It's Carolina Panthers. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Seahawks, Carolina Panthers. Those are the only three teams that need a quarterback as of this moment. Is that correct? Um, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos, Cowboys, Eagles. Don't say Hurts. He's fine. Um, Washington football teams Got got their quarterback Giants got their quarterback partially Sure, whatever Aaron Rodgers uh, Vikings have cousins Fields Goff, I mean the Lions I think draft a quarterback Potentially, they don't have a quarterback They think they do Brady, yeah, it's uh, Carolina It's Carolina It's the Steelers and the Seahawks That's it Right, am I right? I think that's correct Carolina Steelers Carolina Panthers and Seahawks Detroit have Goff Kenny but I agree with you they need a quarterback but they don't need 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 a quarterback like in terms of like who's desperate enough to get Jimmy G the Lions aren't going after Jimmy G who's desperate enough to go after Jimmy G the Steelers the Seahawks and the Carolina Panthers are the only teams left Seahawks Carolina Panthers and Steelers. That's it. That's it. And guess what? What I said all along is coming true. That the two or three teams that are left over at the end of all the dominoes dropping. The two or three teams that were left over would draft rookies. They don't want Jimmy G. They don't want a $27 million quarterback. The only team that felt capable of bringing in a $27 million injured quarterback while drafting a rookie would have been the Colts because they had the cap money and cap room to to maneuver that. They they don't care about $27 million in 2022. They could have ate that up pretty easily. So the Colts were the best shot because they had the cap space to take a a very low-risk gamble for them. For one year they weren't using the, the money like they could have easily brought in Jimmy and drafted a rookie that's out the window with Matt Ryan in Indy so Jimmy G is either getting cut or he's staying on the roster and unfortunately I feel like he's staying on the roster Kenny says Mitchell Trubisky over Jimmy G absolutely these people that think Jimmy G is the reason the Niners won over the last couple years they just don't, they're not watching Jimmy G play football. He can't play football. He's he's a bottom five at best quarterback in the NFL. Honestly, I believe he's the 33rd best quarterback in the league. I could find, and I, we just did. We just found replacements for all these spots. There are three teams that need a quarterback. Three teams. And I could pick two rookies or one rookie, and two or three free agents before I take Jimmy G. That makes him the 33rd best quarterback in the league. And everybody's ripping on that stance like, Smitty, that's ridiculous. What do you mean it's ridiculous? He's literally not going to be starting in the NFL. That makes him the 33rd quarterback in the NFL according to the NFL. And even if a team takes a a stab at, at him, I'm not putting him in my top 32. So, like, it's so funny how these things unravel. Where are the people saying that it's ridiculous to call Jimmy G the 33rd best quarterback in the NFL when he literally is about to be the 33rd quarterback in the NFL? Because the three teams needing a quarterback don't appear to be totally interested in him. All it takes is one, but Jimmy G is currently on his way to being the 33rd quarterback in the NFL at best. Maybe he's not even the thirty-third. Julio to Indianapolis. I, I mean it could happen. It could happen. Saints going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um so, somebody didn't say Timmy to G's top five no they didn't if it it was it was Doug honestly Smitty Baker Mayfield on the market Mariota rookies in the draft that's what I'm saying he's there's no way Jimmy G's the 32nd or better Baker's better than Jimmy absolutely and Baker's garbage Uh, Peach says he loves this for Matt Ryan who doesn't Peach this is amazing right it's great for JT more than anything just got here did I miss anything Uh, you can pretty much catch up by looking at the screen Um, the Saints brought in uh, or re-signed Jameis Winston and then uh, of course you see the trade right here Matt Ryan to the Colts which is awesome all around This is great news. Ryan gone. I mean, I I hear that a lot from Falcons fans. They're glad he's gone. But you know what? He's going to do well in India. It's going to be painful to watch. Daniel Jones, 10 TDs, 11 INT still starter last, uh, last year. 10 TDs, 7 INTs. How the Giants don't need a QB is crazy. I agree. Dable thinks he can maybe fix him, but I think Dable's interested in the quarterback too, bro. I think he wants a backup plan. I think he knows Daniel Jones is not the real deal. I mean, everybody knows it. Jameis over Watson, no. No, Tripster. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. I'm sorry, but... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tripster, but... No, broski. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, are you a. This, this guy must be new. And I, hey, I, Jeremy, I appreciate you being here. I don't mean this in a negative way, but you definitely must be new. Are you a Cam makers guy? So hit the sc- subscribe button. Um, hit the thumbs up. Appreciate you being here, Jeremy. But I, I 100% know you're new <laughs> by this comment because everyone here. Knows that I am not a Cam Akers guy. Cam Akers is one of the biggest avoids for 2022. He was one of my biggest avoids for 2021. I said this man was going to get hurt. And he did. And you could say, oh, Smitty, you think you can predict... Smitty thinks he can predict Achilles injuries. He thinks he can predict Achilles injuries, the Smitty guy. I didn't say it would be an Achilles, but this guy's a very injury-prone player. And he just proved how reckless he is with his own body. And how dumb a decisions he makes when he rushed back after... He tried to come back five months after his Achilles recovery. Five months. He came back after six months. So, this dude is getting hurt. Like, if anybody thinks he's not going to get hurt, look at his decision making. Cam Akers is not that guy. And he's going to continue to get hurt he's going to continue to get hurt he's reckless with his body he leads with his head he doesn't hit right he doesn't he doesn't approach contact right at all all through college he led with his head on almost every single play where he's meeting a linebacker or a bigger stronger player he literally would use his head and neck If you watch all the footage, the guy doesn't approach contact correctly whatsoever. A very injury-prone player approaching contact the way he does in reckless fashion. Dude's not going to be able to stay healthy. On top of the fact he rushed back from an Achilles injury after six months, and people think it's good news. People actually praise him for coming back after six months. People praise the Rams what a reckless move by the Rams! You probably ruined this guy's potential chance of coming back eventually. Achilles' injuries don't—they don't—you don't recover from them the same. And on the field, you could say, "Oh, Smithies, his first couple games back, he didn't look good. He wasn't quick. He had no explosion, and 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 he was very easily corralled." This guy did not break free from anything when he came back. He looked really, really bad. He averaged like two-something yards per carry. He has no explosion right now. And with no explosion, the dude's out there trying to play football. Like, he doesn't have explosion because he's not supposed to be on his Achilles. And anybody that says he's a marvel or that Achilles are coming a long way, surgery's different. No, it's not. Like, are they advancing in medicine or Achilles injuries? Maybe better today than they were five years ago absolutely but can you play at six months and try and play at five months no that's called being impatient it's called being reckless it's called setting yourself up for disaster so no cam makers not a cam makers guy jeremy i'm not yelling at you i tend to get a little excited plus i've been doing the intermittent fasting so you guys are always blessed with me being here on no no food So I get hangry really quick, but Jeremy, I'm not mad at you. I'm just letting you know how I feel about Cam Akers. Cam Akers said stay away from him in 2021. I'm telling you to stay away from him in 2022. He's going to break your heart. He has that Mike Thomas break your heart vibe already. And on top of that, a very, 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 very high risk of injury. This guy with the way he plays football alone with the way he plays football The way he approaches contact, he has injury risk written all over him for that alone. And and he's he's coming back from an injury that no player at the running back position has ever recovered from to become an elite running back, to become a top 10 running back. No player has ever had an Achilles tear at the running back position and become a top 5-10 to running back. After the Achilles tear. No one. No one. It's different playing. On a basketball court. Or as a defensive back. Or in a different position. A receiver. is different when you have an Achilles tear. Than when you have. An Achilles tear as a running back. Because the stress that goes on. With your foot. And your change of direction. And getting hit while you're you're exploding that way and you're getting hit that way and the kind of the kind of pressures that you put on your Achilles and your feet and your legs and your knees it's why running backs last 3 or 4 years now instead of 10 you can't even make it to 30 it used to be 30 years old 30 years old you decline as a running back now you barely make it out of 26 years old and 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 running backs don't even really see a second big contract half the time because they're pretty much at the end of their their fantasy football elite life lifespan. And and fantasy football doesn't necessarily equate to NFL directly, but it gives you an idea where their production level is. And if you can't be an elite fantasy football running back on your second contract, maybe one or two years of it, then teams feel the way that way about the about the extension, about giving a guy a second contract. This is why running backs get screwed. They get screwed. They're the one position that I feel gets completely screwed. There's no protection for these guys to get a big deal or a big contract. It's a shame. It's a real shame. And I think that running backs should probably get more in the in the draft because it's the only way you can balance the scale. These guys get screwed. You watch a tight end get $30 million. You watch Mike Williams get $60 million on three years. And a guy like, like Dalvin Cook... You know, who, who is very injury prone. I'm, I'm going I'm to admit that, and I'm worried about Dalvin Cook. But, like, what would he get if he was signing a, a, an extension right now or if he was going to a new team? Not as much as Mike Williams. Like, it's crazy that running backs get 20, 30 million, and wide receivers and tight ends explode past that that aren't even that good. You know, I'm not saying Mike Williams isn't good, but he doesn't deserve 60 million. Like, this guy hasn't proven anything over a long period of time. Running backs get screwed. And it's because they endure a lot. They get hurt. Their shelf life is small. It's understandable from a business perspective why they get screwed on the financial side. It totally makes sense. But my point being with Cam Akers is this man is being run into the ground early on in his career by a reckless decision by the Rams to put him out there. Six months recovered from an, an Achilles tear that no running back has ever played elite football for for even a significant amount of time after an Achilles tear the best example we have of a player recovering from an, uh, a successful Achilles surgery and becoming relatively explosive and looking good is Deonta Foreman and how many years did it take him years he came back got hurt again came back got hurt again your likelihood of injuring a lower uh, having some sort of lower body injury coming off an Achilles tear is astronomically high. What do you think that that number is? That probability of, of lower leg injury coming off an Achilles tear. What do you think the probability is when you rush back at six months and played on it? That's like driving on 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 your road. Like your, your brake pads are worn down. And you have no more brake pads at all. And then you go out there and you start braking. Do you think your rotors aren't going to bust? you think your rotors aren't going to be completely destroyed? Why this man's going out and playing when he's not prepared or ready? Yeah, Christian Kirk's contract too is even worse. Um, good point, Prime. Christian Kirk can get 84 mil. Now granted, there's some void years. There's like 37 million guaranteed for two years. So Christian Kirk's contract is a little bit of a paper tiger. But, but, like, $37 million guaranteed for two years, $84 million potentially. Like, a running back doesn't sniff that kind of money. Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk? I like Christian Kirk. I'm in Arizona. I liked him. I wanted to retain him. But I thought maybe we could retain him for 12 mil. I didn't think we'd have to pay 84. No wonder we lost him. Yeah, Christian Kirk's contract is 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 garbage. It's garbage. Former MVP Matty Ice went from third, went for a third. Jimmy's getting cut for sure. Sacktown, you're giving the Niners a lot of credit assuming they're going to cut him. If, yeah, if Ryan costs a third, you've got to give up two thirds in order. You have to give up two third rounders to get someone to take Jimmy G off your roster. If If Matt Ryan's a third, Jimmy G's a negative third. And, and and you're giving the Niners too much credit, they're probably going to keep this man and create controversy and turmoil and, and toxic, a toxic environment in the locker room. Am I worried about Trey? I've seen that comment a couple times. I'm not worried about Trey in the end, but do I want this to be the case? No. Do I want Trey to have a smoother process? Yes. Um, do I want him to have to be looking over his shoulder? No. Can he handle it? Yeah. But I don't want it. I want him to have a smoother development than that. Glad my pet signed big boy two years. Rams were desperate. And these young players aren't smart themselves, so they took big advantage of Acres. Yeah, but at what cost? Like what what if if you say that and I'm not disagreeing with you or agreeing with you, but if the Rams decided to take advantage of him and they weren't just saying, wait, he wants to play. We believe maybe he's ready. Like, And and I I think you're right. They took advantage of him. But at what cost? He didn't do anything. He didn't help them at all. And if you're the coaching staff and you're like, okay, Akers could be putting his whole career in jeopardy right here. And just because he escaped injury doesn't mean he didn't escape damage. Playing on a torn Achilles that is recovering and there's no way at all that Acres was even remotely close to 100%. No way whatsoever Acres was even close to 100% recovered from his Achilles tear. No way. I'm sorry. No way. It takes you nine months to a year. There's zero chance he was fully recovered. And he escaped injury, we, we, we think, but that doesn't mean it didn't cause damage. It doesn't mean he didn't set himself up to the point where he's now only going to get so much progress with that Achilles because he went out and did things too quick. He went out and did things way too quick. He didn't look explosive. He was corralled up really quick every time he ran the football. He was not elusive. And I get it, it was his first couple games back, but more of a reason as to why he shouldn't have been on the field. And if anybody thinks he escaped injury, we will find out because the thing people don't understand about an Achilles is that it's all about explosion. You tear that thing when you're on the basketball court or on the football field. You don't tear it when you're walking. You don't tear it when you're in rehab doing high knees. You don't tear it when you're on the field doing small little drills. You tear it when you're exploding 100% on a cut. You're in game, you're in game mode going 100 to 110%. You're cutting and you're exploding as hard as you can. You're not at practice doing things that you, you can't prepare for an Achilles impact or the kind of explosion and misdirection. Think about it, you're torn Achilles, that's on the back of your heel. Imagine snapping that thing that's right on the back of your heel, that big, thick tendon. Your Achilles tendon is this thick and it's on the back of your heel. Where's my, where's my foot? imagine tearing this when you are planting you and you can do that if you right now if anybody reaches down i don't know if you're at work or if it looks funny doing this but do it anyway reach down and and feel your achilles tendon how how tough and strong it feels it feels like a big thick rope okay now just kind of put a little pressure down with your toe and you'll feel that thing flexing you'll feel it like you know it's tight and when you are planting like that And you're exploding one direction as a running back. This is why it's different as a running back. People say, why is it different for a running back then? You're planting as a running back going in this direction. Your your Achilles is super tight, right? You're using your Achilles like like a madman. You're planting, you're going this way. And all of a sudden, you unexpectedly get hit by a linebacker or an offensive lineman or four offensive linemen at once. And as you're exploding this way, you're pushed this way. The kind of pressures that go on unexpectedly when you're in mid game and you're going like this left and right, you're getting hit and you're constantly just, your your Achilles is going all over the place. Like it's not the same on a basketball court where you're controlling where you're going. Think of it like when you're in a car and you're driving and you're holding onto the steering wheel. Do you get car sick when you drive yourself? The answer is no, not traditionally. You've got the hold, hold of the wheel, you're in control of the movements. You flow with the bumps. You don't get car sick when you're driving in the passenger seat and you're bouncing all around and you're and you your wife's driving and you're like, "Martha, drive better. I'm getting car sick. I don't have any Dramamine." You're bouncing all around like this, you get car sick because you're not in control of your movements. Think of that. Running backs don't they don't control the direction they're going half the time because they're getting hit by three and four people at a time. That puts his Achilles in a very vulnerable situation when he's exploding. People don't understand that about running backs and their knees and their ligaments, and it's why they have a three to four year shelf life. The abuse that they take from the waist down is un is unthinkable if you aren't in the position and understanding it. Mark damn it, Martha! Martha! Take a <laughs> we gotta get a Martha button. Martha! The meatloaf! We want the meatloaf, Martha! We want it now! Martha! Alright. Tam says, guys, you can tell how much Smitty loves Acres from how much he talks about them. Thank you, Tam. All right, guys. Uh, I will see you all at 7 p.m. Eastern unless more emergency news comes rolling in. Subscribe if you're new. There are 130 eyeballs still in this live stream if you would all kindly subscribe all kindly punch the thumbs up button and all kindly leave a comment when the video's over because I will answer every single one of your questions. What other channel guarantees you a 99% answer rate? Huh? This man. Okay, so ask a question below. Let's roll. Uh, We might have an emergency live stream between now and the 7 p.m. show. We're live Monday through Friday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m every single monday through friday but we do emergency live streams whenever there's breaking news baby peace out